hits the left upright and it's just kind of hanging in the air. And then we're on the side like, it's no good, it's no good. And then we hear our fans start cheering and they finally go like that. And everybody's like, yo, bro, like that really just happened. Happy Monday, everybody. We are back with another episode of the Call the Aguilar, starring your host, yours truly, Chase Lane, number two in the field, number one in y'all's hearts. Um, we had a pretty eventful weekend of college football from upsets to wild endings and uh, just, you know, this and there and all that. But uh, let's just let's get right into it, man. Clemson, they came out and um, beat Wake Forest in double overtime. Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure if I'm totally sold on Clemson. Uh, you know, just um, the, I feel like those teams now that they're having this aren't the same teams that they've had in, in years prior. And uh, you know, Wake Forest, uh, their quarterback actually surprised me a lot. He, he's actually a really good ball player. And um, Wake Forest's team as a whole surprised me a lot because even though I have had doubts about uh, Clemson's team. Uh, they came out to play, and I still expected Clemson to come out on top, but I didn't think it would take that uh, drastic of an ending. But, uh, you know, kudos to Wake Forest, man, for coming out and um, at least putting the rest of the country and more uh, specifically the ACC on notice. And, uh, yeah, I feel like their program is definitely heading in the right direction. Um, Clemson was ranked number five, I feel like, so, and Wake Forest is number 25, so I feel that was a good – Good competition for both teams, and um, I think it's cool to see that Clemson came out on top. Um, Tennessee over Florida. Uh, I don't know if I'm if I'm if I'm sold on Tennessee yet, man. Like I know that Josh Shupel, he's a he's a good uh, head coach, and um, he had a lot of a lot of success at uh, UCF. But um, yeah, uh, I guess he's really just I'm trying to change the culture there and change the narrative down there in Knoxville. And um, yeah, he had, he had his guys ready to play, man. Because Florida's not a they're not a they're not a not a joke team, and Florida's a a, a really competitive team coming out of the SEC East. So um, I I really like seeing those two teams go up against each other really early in the SEC schedule. And uh, yeah, Tennessee they got the job done. I feel like that playing at home was a was a big factor in that because um, at full capacity we were we were we were able to play down there. Um, in 2020 during the COVID season, and uh, even with 25% capacity, you can really feel their fans. So um, I've never been, I've never had the chance to play there at 100% capacity. So I bet that was a noisy and hectic environment for Florida to be in. But um, yeah, Tennessee got the dub, and um, I think they did so in a comfortable fashion. Um, Oregon survived Washington State, man. Oregon, I don't, I don't know what their deal is. Um, it's it's just like I feel like I'm saying the same things, but um, I'm not necessarily sure if I'm sold on them. Um, it, I feel like they have the talent and um, they have the scheme, but I feel like it's just it's kind of hard when you have um, you don't really see a lot of the times when you have a first year like head coach at a new school and you have a, a transfer quarterback. So I feel like that combo goes hand in hand, and uh, I feel like they're still trying to like find out who they are as a team. Uh, as an offense, as a defense, and as everything as a whole. So, um, yeah, hopefully they can they can uh, get things right as Pac-12 ball keeps going on. But um, like I said, they have the talent. 
and I feel like they have all the tools to be successful. Now it's just up to them to just mold that and uh, fine tune that as the season goes on. Miami loses to Middle Tennessee at home. Uh, like I said, this weekend seemed to be just a big weekend of just wild endings and uh, just upsets and everything. So I, I, I hate that now people are going to be like, uh, like, could we beat Miami when they were a top 10 team? And now people might be like, oh, wow, like Miami wasn't a, like a for real, but they weren't a serious team. And now they're trying to take away like that, that win from us. But um, yeah, that, that first year head coach, um, I can't really say anything too much about them losing to Tennessee because we lost to App State at home as well. So I don't want to like talk trash about it or make jokes about it, but that just goes to show that you really and truly have to respect your opponent, no matter who you're facing, no matter what conference they're coming from, no matter what conference you're in. Um, you got to come out to play each and every week, and um, I think we were a prime example in that. And um, I think that Miami and Middle Tennessee they're a prime example of that because I even went back and watched those highlights when we got off the plane last night, and um, Middle Tennessee they came ready to play like off rip like did not care about what Miami was who Miami was where they were playing um the history about Miami and the they, they came ready to play so uh kudos to middle Tennessee for walking out of there with a dub in Miami and they probably got some bread to play them too but um yeah moving on to us um if you guys were able to watch we um how do I put this we escaped with the victory out of Cowboy Stadium, I believe, uh, 23-21 final. Um, yeah, and I can't wait to get into those details, but as usual, I'm going to take y'all through just the the day-by-day. So um, this is our first quote-unquote away game. Uh, I, I say quote-unquote because it was a neutral site, so both teams were technically away. But um, yeah, so I, I love traveling. It's actually my first time um, getting able to come to this game in Cowboy Stadium because um, my freshman year in 2019, I redshirted, so I wasn't traveling for away games. Um, my sophomore year, my redshirt freshman year, it was the COVID season, so we played them in Kyle Field. And then last year for this game, I had a concussion, so I didn't get to travel. So this is my first time actually traveling with the team and playing with the team against Arkansas in Cowboy Stadium. And uh, that was a really fun, fun environment for me. Uh, just because just playing in a stadium like AT&T Stadium and playing in Jerry's World, like I, I, I talked about in uh, last week's episodes, but um, I have so much family in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I was born in Fort Worth. Um, I, I, I grew up in Mansfield before I moved to Houston. Uh, Mansfield, if, you don't, if you're not sure what Mansfield is, it's uh, south of Dallas, so Mansfield, Grand Prairie area. Uh, my aunts and uncles, they live in Mansfield. My grandma lives in Grand Prairie, so I'm very familiar with the um, Dallas Fort Worth area. So, um, yeah, so just, um, traveling. So we, we practice on Thursday and we kind of have like our shorter, like fine tuning kind of day on Thursdays. And, and then, uh, we finish up around like 7:45 PM. And then, uh, for this game, actually, instead of hopping on the plane, since it's so close, uh, we actually take a bus, we take charter buses down there to, uh, Dallas for the game. We get a police escort the whole way. So um, instead of it being like a three-hour and 30-minute drive, it turned into almost like a two-hour and 15-minute drive. So it wasn't too bad. Uh, guys were so tired from practice. So a lot of guys just fell asleep on the bus like me. So uh, get to the hotel. 
Thursday night, we got there around mm, 11.45, 11.50. And uh, you kind of had the rest of the night to yourself. Uh, like me, a lot of guys just kind of just chill out in the room, watch Netflix, just chill out. Uh, Friday, uh, wake up. We didn't have to wake up until like 11. So guys slept in, uh, got some brunch downstairs from our nutritionist. Um, guys who had study hall, I don't have study hall because I take care of my business and I'm in grad school. So, uh, guys who have study hall, they had study hall in the morning and they had to knock out their academic, uh, necessities that they had to take care of. So, um, as guys are doing that, a lot of guys were just chilling and our first, uh, required thing we had to be at wasn't until one fifteen, and that was just special teams meetings. And, um, then we had, uh, position meetings with our position coaches. And then after that, we had a walkthrough in the parking lot and it was so damn hot out there, but you know, we got to do what we got to do. So we had our walkthrough in the parking lot, finished up around like 345, 350. And then we had like a, like a little bit of downtime. So me and a couple of my teammates, we went up and played Madden 23 upstairs and I was handing out some L's here and there, but uh, that's not the point of this episode. But uh, after that, we had dinner. And then after dinner, we have this thing called One Reel, like I've mentioned before, where we just go over our plays for the last time before on the game on Saturdays. And um, like I said, Coach Fisher is really, <clears throat> excuse me, Coach Fisher is really um, superstitious with like knowing your assignments and stuff. So we, we did that. And then after that, man, uh, the night was ours. So we finished up around 6.45 and our curfew wasn't until 10.30. So. What I did, I actually left, and I actually went and had dinner with my grandma. She came and picked me up, and uh, that was pretty cool. So me and my grandma, we went and had dinner, uh, you know, just talking, just talking about life, talking about football, just, you know, just catching up with my grandma, and that was really fun for me. So uh, I got to see some family um, before we went to war the next day. And then, yeah, so uh, going to the game, woke up Saturday morning. Um, we had our usual team walk around the hotel. Had some downtime. Um, then we came back down for our pregame meal. Um, had some more downtime. And then we came back down for um, our chair drill. We go through the place again. And then we got on the buses and, and headed to the stadium. So, um, man, that feeling rolling into AT&T, AT&T Stadium was so surreal for me. Because um, if, you guys, if you guys don't know, I'm a, like a humongous Dallas Cowboys fan. So um, getting the chance to just feel like, I was a part of the Cowboys and being on the buses and then going underground and going out of the tunnel and uh, going into the locker room. It was, it was a really fun moment for me. And then walking that field for the first time, it was so crazy. And just actually, like, I, I've been there for Cowboys games, obviously, but just being there as a player and just walking the turf and just you really getting a feel, get a feel for it as a player and just looking up around. It was, it was amazing. And then, you know, pregame was different because um, – we haven't had any games inside of a like a a stadium yet. All of our games have been outdoors, so it took some adjusting. I feel like for everybody, just get get used to the lighting in there, just get used to catching the ball in a in a closed arena. So um, that that didn't take long for guys to adjust to. But yeah, so we we had our normal pregame things as if we were doing it a home game, and yeah. So moving on uh, to the first half, um, it it seems like a reoccurring thing with us, man, but. Um, started with a, a punt, a punt, a fumble, and a punt. And um, I, I I can't really, like, pinpoint what is happening with us in these slow starts, but um, they they have to stop, man. And, they, and I think that 
um, they're really going to bite us in the ass, excuse my language, going forward if we don't if we don't fix it. Because um, in the SEC, you can't you can't afford to have slow starts because teams will start to capitalize on that. And you know, and once you get behind the eight boss, it's hard to come back, especially in the SEC West. So, um, yeah, we had our we had our three and outs. We had a fumble. We had a punt. Um, Arkansas went up fourteen zero early, and it was looking ugly for a little bit, man. I feel like a lot of guys were kind of like, ah, like, here we go. Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Like, how are we going to respond? But, uh, yeah, we stayed the course. Um, I feel like once you get down so early, you forget how early it actually is and just how you have to just continue to just keep playing the game and keep playing the game and just staying focused on the task at hand. But um, I don't think guys were necessarily worried when we got down 14-0. But it was more so just a frustration, like on our part, because, like, we had these penalties, man, and like they were all self-inflicted wounds. Like we would move the ball down the field, and then the play would come back because of a holding or an illegal motion or uh, a legal block. Like just like just bonehead mistakes on our part. But um, like I said, we got to clean those things up, especially going into these next few weeks, because number one, we're on the road um for the next couple of weeks and the the opponents we're playing are, are really quality opponents coming up so but then you know as usual Devon chain he he gave us some life we got the ball to start the second quarter um he busted it out with a 63 yard run um kind of got the got kind of got the, the fans back into it a little bit um kind of gave us some confidence as an offense getting into some good field territory um it was very important i think because we we needed to respond, and uh, I feel like that was a good a good start in order for us to respond. So yeah, we get down there, <clears throat> we get down there, and um, it's third down. I think we caught a little uh, slot fade to the to the boundary with Evan Stewart and um, Devonta Chain, and we had um, Chris Marshall and Nye Smith and Yuki Brown to the field. And I actually thought the ball was going to a Nice because of how the defense was playing there, actually in the cover zero. So there wasn't any safety help. And um, Anais had a leverage on the nickel that was playing him because the nickel was playing him inside leverage. And Anais had a flag route, or in other words, a corner route to the back pylon in the end zone. And um, I really thought it was going to be touched on him, but um, they they actually sent out, they sent a blitz from the weak side. And so that's why Matt's kind of had to just throw the ball up and get it out of his hands early. And when he let the ball go, Evan was actually still mid, like in his route, in the middle of his route. And uh, luckily, the uh, nickel that was playing Evan didn't see that because he was still he still had his back turned um, to the ball. And then Evan just kind of stopped and just fell with the ball. And uh, I didn't know who the ball was going to at first. I didn't know if it was going to Evan or if it was going to the uh, or to, to Devon. And I just saw Evan come out with it. And um, that was really I think it was big for all of us, but more so it was big for him because, you know, uh, he's a Dallas area kid. Uh, he's from Frisco. Um, getting he scored his first uh, collegiate touchdown in Jerry's World in AT and T Stadium, so like it couldn't be written any better than that. So, uh, kudos to my guy Evan Stewart for getting his first college touchdown in a game like that. I know, I know what it feels like to get your first touchdown in a big game. So, um, kudos to him for um for getting that and seeing his hard work come to fruition. Boss is just jumpstarting us into hopefully getting the ball rolling in the game, and luckily it did. So then coming back. Man, Arkansas, they're moving the ball. Um, we, we were playing a three-down lineman. Uh, and I actually need to ask some of our defensive players as to why we were doing that because they were running the ball, like, really well in that game. And they were 
picking up the majority of their first downs and moving the chains, running the ball. And uh, we stayed with the three-down linemen. But uh, they got down there into the red zone and the tight zone. Um, they get down there at the three-yard line. And then probably the craziest play I've ever seen with my own eyes happen. Um, number one, KJ Jefferson, Arkansas quarterback, he's a phenomenal player. And I feel like his game has really evolved since we've seen him last year. But um, made a mistake in reaching the ball out, trying to dive over the pile from the from the three-yard line. Um, I don't think that was a smart decision. But a uh, ball came out uh, to reach Chappelle. Picked it up. I thought he was going to take it to the house, too. But I realized, like, damn, like, he's kind of slow. But uh, he, got, he got up, uh, kind of got caught up by Arkansas pretty quickly. But um, he didn't, like, go down. And he was kind of just, like, like chopping his feet, chopping his feet, chopping his feet. And then I saw Damani, like, peel off behind him. And then all of a sudden, like, Damani's sprinting. And I'm like, oh, shh. Like, Damani got the ball. And then Damani's, and, you know, Damani got speed. So Damani's just streaking down the sideline. And then I'm just like, bro, he's not going to score. Like, he's not about to score. Like, this is not happening. And then um, everybody's going to the sideline. Like, everybody's going crazy. And then, like, I feel like in that moment, even though that it didn't give us the lead, like, like we there we couldn't lose that game at that point. Like, no matter what happened, like, if anything crazy happened, like, we knew we had to win that game. And, man, just like I said before, like, Damani's, like, my guy, bro. And just um, seeing him just have his first career touchdown. And he's, he's a Dallas area kid, too, um, from Waxahachie. And just having that moment. Um, I, it was. I know it was surreal for him, and that's going to be something that we'll, we will be talking about for years. The Tariq Chappelle handoff to Demonte Richardson touchdown, and actually, uh, we were talking about it on the plane after the game, and he he told us that he was literally saying like, "Reed, give me the ball. Reed, give me the ball. Reed, give me the ball," and Reed just handed it off to him. And so, you know, they they just out there just playing backyard football at that point because you don't you don't see that every day. So. Um, that was probably one of the craziest moments, not only in Texas A&M football history, but in college football history, period. So um, I'm glad that I was able to be a part of that um, and just witness that. And for all the fans that were able to witness, I know they'll never forget that moment either. Uh, even though they still had the lead 14-13, um, I felt like we had the momentum going into halftime. And um, the message was to basically just, you know, just come out and, and attack, man. Like hit them, hit them in the mouth. And um, Coach Fisher just kept on reiterating, like, man, like, they're not better than y'all. They're not better than y'all. Like, y'all just got to go out there and just do it. Like, literally, like, as simple as that. It wasn't, like, a long message. It wasn't just this long motivational speech. It was just to just go out there and just show us, not even show the people, but just, like, show ourselves that we can, like, like win this game against the top 10 team and just um, really just continue to make our mark um, for the rest of our season. So, um even though the score wasn't as high as we wanted it to be, I feel like that was a program-defining win in a way because from the adversity that we that we faced early on in the year with App State um, and having two teams back-to-back that are really good teams that we've had to play and beating them, um, I feel like it, it really helped towards our maturity as a team as a whole. So we came out in the second half with the ball. We opened with a six-play, 70-yard touchdown drive to Devonta Chain. Um, it, I feel like that was really big because, like I said, we've been having these slow starts, and to come out fresh out of halftime and with the ball back and score and get points on the board and take the lead for the first time in the game, 
after being down 14-0, I, I feel that was a really big um, confidence boost for our team and for our offense especially. Then we come back and we have a 12-yard uh, – excuse me. Then we come back and we have a 12-play drive. Uh, we only get a field goal out of it, but that um, uplifts the score to 23-14, to 14, so a little more breathing room. They get the ball – excuse me. They get the ball to start in the fourth quarter um, with a big touchdown drive. Um, they marched on the field, man, and they, they actually put together a good drive. So uh, kudos to them. And uh, make the score 23 to 21. Uh, oof, kind of getting nail biting from the sideline. And we're really just trying to just find out anyway how we can just win the game, man. Um, we missed a field goal uh, with six minutes left. At this point, I feel like I never want to say that we're nervous, but like, I've always been an honest guy, and I feel like, you know, you're in that environment. It's a rivalry game. They're making the comeback. It's going back and forth. You don't, you're not really sure what, like, what's going to happen. You know, it's cross football. Anything can happen. So I feel like as a team, guys are just kind of like, you know, just kind of on edge, kind of anxious. Um, they're really trying not to be the person who's going to mess up and make that, make that bonehead mistake or, uh, that, or make that penalty or, you know, and everybody's really just trying to focus in on that assignment. So. Um, I don't want to say it was nerves, but it was more some just anxiety to just make sure that we continue to do everything we could in order to win the game. And then they get the ball back. Um, they put together a really good drive, and it was not looking good for us, like, for real. Um, Jefferson was making plays with his legs. They were racking the first downs. They got down to the red zone, and it was like, two like three minutes or two minutes left in the game and their fans were going crazy and i'm like dang we really just fumbled this one like it's over like like at that point i was like it's over like we lost like we we fumbled they got us two years in a row and i think guys were really starting to just be like damn we lost it but um yeah they they were running the clock down running the clock down i feel like we should have caught a timeout earlier than we did uh just because you know, just to not only just so they can just run down the clock, but I feel like just so they could think twice about what they're going to do and just ice their kicker a little more. But, um, yeah, man, they send the field goal unit out there. And another crazy play in college football. I don't think I've ever seen the way the kick, the way it happened. But um, the ball hits the left upright. It's on the way, and it looks good, like off rip. It looks good. Well, I saw my dang, we got to go there and try to score with a minute and 40 seconds left in the game. But they kicked the ball. It looks good. I'm just like, dang, okay, let's see if we can put the drive together. And at that point, I, yeah, I forgot to mention, Anaya Smith, uh, my guy, he, he gets hurt with a, with a crazy injury that you never want to see, man. Uh, I know I'm uh, sidetracking, but just want to say prayers up to him and just a, a speed and, uh, and just – uh, healthy and safe recovery, man. But, uh, you know, spirits were low at that point just because the Nias had gotten hurt. And, uh, you know, you never want to see many of your main guys go down like that. But Phil goes up, like I said, man. Hits the left upright, and it's just kind of hanging in the air. And then it falls down. And then, like, we're, we're waiting for, like, the refs to say, like, it's no good, no good. But they were kind of just, like, looking at each other and we're looking at the big screen, we're looking at them, we're looking at the big screen, we're looking at them. And then we're on the sound like it's no good, it's no good. And then we hear our fans start cheering and they finally go like that. And then everybody was like, yo, bro, like that really just happened. So um the football gods were definitely on 
um, the Texas a and Aggie side that night. And uh, like Coach Fisher says, we were able to do the best playing football, which is take a knee. And like I said in the beginning of this episode, we escaped out of Arlington with a W. And uh, just everything after that, like I said, being a huge Dallas Cowboys fan like I am, uh, getting to be uh, holding the trophy with my teammates. Jerry Jones actually shook my hand. So uh, that was a surreal moment, just like I said, just being a Cowboys fan and um, being on the big screen when we were holding the trophy up and uh, having all my family. I had like eight family members there, and I wish I could have had more, but we only get so many tickets. So I was just trying to just get any tickets I could just to have any of my family from Dallas be able to make the game. But, uh, yeah. Oh, also, uh, my mom's parents, my Mimi and Papa on my mom's side, um, they were able to see me play my first college game ever. So that was that was a, a fun moment for me and just seeing them in the stands and um, seeing my mom and my grandparents have on their, their Chase Lane merch. Um, also, by the way, go get your Chase Lane merch. Just dropped again at the warehouse. Sorry, but I had to say that for marketing purposes. But yeah, just have, having my grandparents there, man, and just having my, my mom and my dad there and my grandma and my dad's side there and <clears throat> everybody. It, it was a fun. It was a fun moment for me. And um yeah, I really enjoyed it. And just, you know, the celebrations, as always, after the game are, are top tier in our locker room. And um, just enjoying that win with my teammates, uh, it was it was a great moment for, for all of us. Yeah, you know, uh, so moving on, post-game, uh, going back, we actually had, after an away game, we head straight to the airport. Like, after we talked to our families in a little bit, we load the buses, load the buses. Um, head straight to the nearest airport. So we were obviously flying out of DFW Airport. Um, went through TSA, man, and we were we were back. Um, that flight was only like 35, 40 minutes. So um, that was lovely. I was sitting in first class with a couple of my other teammates. So had some nice space. Really enjoyed that. But the was, the landing was awful, though. I don't know who our pilot was, but the in the worst landings, like, I'm different. So... I don't like taking off because it's weird. And I already have a fear of planes. So I'm not a fan of taking off because I just feel like, oh, like we got a lot of big guys on the plane. Like, are we going to be able to get off the ground? We got all this luggage in here. Ugh. And I just hate just taking off. But um, I feel like just as much as I hate taking off, I hate when you're about to land in your sleep. And then all of a sudden you just like feel like the ground. So I remember I was asleep and I was sitting next to Trey Zoom. He's a, big offensive lineman and all of a sudden I just wake up to like a boom and then we're hitting we're hitting the ground and you know like we have a bad bad landing the pilot tries to like hit the brakes all hard and stuff and like you're like thrusting forward so as soon I remember all I remember is I remember waking up we hit the ground hard as hell and then like I latched on to Trey Zoom by next to me like I had my arms like wrapped around his bicep and I was just like latched onto him all hard and like I, mean, I know him, but like me and him aren't like like we're not like close like that. So he's kind of looking at me like, what the hell? and so uh, that was funny, man. And I was like still half sleep, and then like kind of like when the plane slowed down, I noticed I was still like latched onto him, and I was kind of embarrassed. And so I kind of like kind of got off of him and tried to act like I was still cool and I was still manly and stuff. And I was just like, my bad, man. And he was just like, oh, you good, you good. And so uh, <laughs> I felt like that was pretty funny, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> Successful first road trip in the books for us. Uh, we moved to three and one in the season. 
Uh, we went up in the AP poll to number 17 in the country. Um, still feel like we should be a little higher. But, you know, it, it all comes with times and we just got to continue to just come right here and just win every week. And you know, like I said, even though it wasn't the way we wanted to win, uh, the, a win's a win. So I, I would much rather be sitting here talking about an ugly win than a, than an almost kind of loss. So, um, yeah, so going forward, we got Mississippi State. Uh, another rowdy environment with those with those cowbells, and um, I'll be looking forward to getting into more of that on Thursday's episode. So make sure y'all get y'all seasons passes, and so y'all can hear about Mississippi State's uh, week of preparation. So um, this has been another fun episode of the Pod of Aggieland, starring your host Chase Lane, and I'm out. Peace. Yeah, it's perfect.